Hello, welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. This is an informational podcast, and we hope you find it a valuable tool to help you understand veterinary medicine and how to better care for your animals. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud or by going to lickingvalleyvet.com and finding the education page. While you are there, take a look at our blog section for more helpful information. You can also follow Licking Valley Veterinary Hospital's Facebook page if you want regular updates on released podcasts, blogs, and videos. If you find this information helpful, please feel free to make a donation to the continuation of this content. There is a link to do this on the webpage under the podcast list. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. Welcome back. This is part two of our episodes on the pre-purchase exam. On our last episode, we went through all the prep work for getting to the exam. Now we will go over the exam itself. You, as the buyer, have filled out your paperwork letting us know what your goals are for the horse, and the seller has sent the vet, doing the pre-purchase, all the pertinent paperwork. An appointment has been scheduled, and you have arrived at the clinic for the exam. Pre-purchases can be done at a farm or at a clinic. I have recently instituted a new rule at my clinic that the pre-purchases are completed at my clinic. Mainly, this is so I have access to everything I may need at the time of the pre-purchase exam, and also because I have a lot of potential buyers ask me if the horse can load and unload from a trailer. So, to answer this, I or one of my technicians will watch the horse unload from the trailer on arrival and load up on leaving. So, if you are hauling a horse for an exam to a clinic, Wait to unload the horse until a staff member is out there. Unloading is just one reason I complete my pre-purchases at my clinic. It's fine if your vet does it at the farm. I just got tired of instances like the one where I completed a pre-purchase on a fine Kentucky horse who grew up on bourbon and basketball for a client in New York who was offering a big apple to the horse of their dreams. The client chose a horse that was at a barn down in a holler. For those of you who aren't familiar with what a holler is, it's where there is no cell phone coverage. The horse turned out to be fine for the sale, but completing and relaying each part of the pre-purchase exam to a buyer when there was no cell coverage at the barn turned out to be quite time-consuming. When I'm at the clinic, when I step inside to call the buyer, I can catch up with my staff and attend to other clients' needs, which helps me run the clinic more efficiently. And if the buyer asks for x-rays but hadn't previously requested them, I have my x-ray equipment at the clinic where I only load it on the truck as needed. So I have found it a much more convenient procedure to be completed at the clinic. So now the horse is off the trailer. The exam has started. I like seeing how the horse reacts to various people and stimuli. Is this a nervous horse that spooks at every barking dog? Is this horse bomb-proof where it doesn't even wake up when the semi-truck honks his horn driving by? Is the horse controllable? 
does it mind its manners when the person leading it tells it to do something? Usually the horse grabs a bite of grass. This is my first look to see if it has neurologic problems. Is it swallowing okay? This is stuff I do while paperwork and other things are being completed or while pleasantries are being exchanged with whoever brought the horse. It doesn't take long, but the exam starts as soon as I see that horse. It's all a test now. Not usually a pass-fail test, but a test of how well does a horse match the desires of what the buyer wants, and are there medical issues that need to be addressed before purchase. So now I start my hands-on evaluation of the horse. I usually start with the mucous membrane color and the capillary refill time. I lift the lip and press on the gums to evaluate this. This gives me an idea of the cardiovascular state of the horse, but also is the horse head shy and will it easily be dewormed? If the horse is sensitive in this area, I may inform the buyer deworming could be a challenge or ask if they have seen the horse with a bit in its mouth. I just start thinking of things that could be a problem for the buyer, something they wouldn't like, or a negotiation point for the buyer. Just because you can't put a bit in a young horse is not a deal breaker, but if the buyer expects a horse to be broken to a bit and I notice it's head shy, that may be something worth investigating more. I work my way back the horse, listening to the heart and lungs and checking hydration level on the horse, while feeling for bumps and bruises and skin defects as I go. I will check the digital pulses on the horse and then take its temperature and listen to its gut sounds in all four quadrants. I will typically feel for a colic scar on the abdomen to see if the horse has had any colic surgery before. Then I go back up to the head and look more closely at the eyes. Visually, I will look for any corneal damage or use my ophthalmoscope to see if anything looks out of place with the deeper structures of the eye. I won't dilate the eye or do more in-depth exams as I usually leave any abnormalities of deeper eye structures to a specialist. And if I see one, that is where I would inform the buyer of that issue and my recommendation to see a specialist. Next, I put a rebreathing bag on the horse and evaluate the lungs again for more in-depth problems. Then I evaluate the mouth. I usually grab the tongue which will cause the horses to open its mouth. Remember the expression, never look a gift horse in the mouth? Well here we may find a lot of issues. Does the horse have bad teeth or dental problems? Do the teeth match up with the age of the horse? And I don't typically sedate at first. Sometimes I'm lucky and can see the whole mouth without sedation just by grabbing the tongue, but most often not. So this is a slight limitation of the exam. I can only reliably see the first one-third of the mouth doing an exam without sedation. The full dental exam would require sedation and application of a dental speculum. But if I give drugs to sedate the horse, I have messed up the neurological and lameness portion of the exam. So this is where you, the buyer, are making the decision. Without sedation, I get just enough of an idea to see if there are major problems with the mouth that need to be addressed. Otherwise, if the owner wants a sedated exam, I would come back after other parts of the exam are completed. But I don't require sedation on my pre-purchases unless requested by the owner. So now to the part 
of the pre-purchase that most people are interested in, the lameness evaluation. Is this horse sound or does it have problems moving? I will go through each leg individually. This lets me see how a horse acts when I pick up its feet. Does it pick them up easily or fight? Does it kick? If it kicks, is this a bad behavior or a result of pain? When I pick the legs up, I feel all up and down the leg for tendon problems and flex the joints to see how they move, feeling for signs of crackling bones or pain or stiffness. When I look at the hoof, I look for signs of conformational disease or thrush, and then I will apply hoof testers. Hoof testers apply pressure to the hoof to look for areas which are damaged. If the horse winces when the proper amount of pressure is applied, the horse has damaged structures resulting in that pain. And I stop the exam and go inform the buyer. At any point I find a problem, I will usually stop the exam and talk to the buyer. I may finish that section of the exam, but I then contact the buyer and explain the problem and see how they want to proceed. So this is why I need a good way to communicate and like doing pre-purchases at the clinic. I know the reliability of my phones, and sometimes buyers get caught up with life and I have to wait on them to proceed with the exam. This is why I prefer buyers be present, because I can talk to them right away and show them the findings so they can better understand what they are getting into. I had a buyer once two hours away from the horse. Unlike others, she was by her phone when I called, but as I was evaluating the feet of the horse she wanted to buy, I picked up a foot and the horse fell on me. That looks really bad. The horse went from standing to falling on a vet during a pre-purchase exam. Oh my gosh. I think the seller's eyes nearly popped out of their face. I mean, that could be an automatic fail. Sore vets usually aren't as keen on continuing exams with horses. So I called the buyer and explained the situation. Of course they were concerned and I explained that it could be a sign of significant neurological disease and further testing by the current owner could be warranted. Or if you were standing here with me, you may have seen that the horse was really interested in some nearby grass and seemed to totally forget that someone was picking up its feet. I told the buyer either was a possibility and even though I'm leaning to the horse just being clumsy, and having a moment where it forgot where its feet were, do you as the buyer want to proceed or would you like to stop the exam? The buyer wanted to continue. So back out I went, the seller showing some obvious signs of relief, and continued my exam. The things I do in my lameness exam are watch the horse at a walk in a straight line and at a trot in a straight line for signs of lameness. Some people will lunge a horse in both directions, but I tend to have this as an optional part of my exam. I will then individually flex each joint to stress it to try to cause any issue that the horse has to be exasperated, so I can see it and inform the buyer. This takes a while and requires someone, whether it be someone from the owner's side or the vet staff, to jog the horse. Often I have the owners jog the horse as the owner is most familiar with making the horse work. And often because I have a small practice, I just don't have the staff to jog the horse. So be prepared if you are going for a pre-purchase to jog your horse for a bit. Could I jog the horse for you? No. I have to be able to watch the horse for signs of lameness. 
and I don't like running. I became a doctor so I wouldn't have to jog a horse for a pre-purchase exam. So yes, we jog the horse after each flexion. In the front leg, that's the distal joints, like your fetlock, then the carpus, and then the shoulder. And of course, that's twice, one for each front leg. In the back, distal joints, hock, and stifle joints. So this is a minimum of 12 jogs in a straight line. And sometimes I repeat a jog if I thought I noticed something subtle. I then will flex the neck to see if I see any issues. Remember the broken stallion from the last episode? Yeah, I don't want to be the vet to miss that on one of my exams. Lastly, I will have the horse go up and down a small hill to see if they have any neurologic problems. Hills tend to make neurologic problems worse than if they were on a flat surface because the horse has to make more adjustments with his body. And if neurologically compromised, can't do that quickly. After this, I usually report to the owner again if I find problems. Often, if I don't find problems, I just proceed to the next step of the exam. But lameness seems to be what most people are most interested in, so this is the biggest part of the exam in their minds. They want a horse they can ride and work without it being in pain. So, let's say we find a problem. The horse is lame in its left rear hawk. What do we do? Hurry, take x-rays and let's fix the problem. No, 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 let's not. Remember, if you are the buyer, this isn't your horse yet. It's not your problem. This is the seller's responsibility. So if I find a problem, I usually talk to the buyer and recommend that they have the owner, have the owner's vet look into and fix the problem. And we repeat the pre-purchase on another day when the problem is resolved. We have enough problems in the world. Let's not add on a problem with a horse that isn't yours yet. I'm sure your own horses cause you enough issues that it's hard enough to keep up with. Let's not add someone else's horse's problems to your list of things to deal with. So anyway, the horse has passed everything up until now. What next? Well, some people want radiographs, more commonly referred to as x-rays, of the joints of the horse to prove there are no problems. Or they want an x-ray on a specific joint because they have had problems with specific issues in the past. So they can request certain things be looked into. Guess what? X-rays cost money. So how I do my exam, I start with the least expensive stuff and move my way up. If the horse is missing two eyes, we may not want to move forward with x-raying the horse's joints. So if we fail early, it's less cost to the buyer. But each level of the exam we complete means the horse is passing its test for the buyers. And then higher levels of exams cost more, but give you much more valuable information. X-rays are not essential on every horse for a pre-purchase. If you are buying a $100,000 horse, yes, get x-rays on every joint. You want to get your money's worth. If you are buying a horse for a small amount and the horse has passed all its lameness tests showing it is sound at the current moment, maybe that is enough information that you can confidently make your decision about the purchase. The more x-rays you take, the more expensive. This is where you talk with the vet and decide how much information you need. 
Of course, if insurance is involved, they may make the decision for you, requiring x-rays for purchase. But yeah, use your judgment on the rest of the exam parts. It's all information for you to make a decision. So I can x-ray every joint in the legs, or I cannot. That's up to you as the buyer. After that, I really only need the horse to collect samples from, and I have a list of blood work tests that the owner can request. I can run a basic CBC chem fibrinogen. This looks at the internal organs of the horse. Do we have liver problems or kidney problems? Is there inflammation in the body? Some people want an equine Cushing's test, which I only recommend for horses over 15 years of age. Cushing's can be an intensive disease to manage, so a lot of people want to make sure they aren't getting into that boat. Here I caution people to be careful. I can say the horse doesn't have Cushing's disease now, but that does not mean the horse won't develop it in the next year of age. But it is valuable information and can save people a lot of management in the future. So it's not wrong to get the test as long as you realize that it does not mean the horse can't get the disease. We also have a neurologic panel, which can be required for horses if they are going to breeding facilities. Some people like the pre-purchase drug screening. This rules out many NSAIDs, steroids, or tranquilizers being in the system. If these drugs pop up positive on the drug screen, if these drugs pop up positive on the drug screen, then we have to ask ourselves, were the sellers hiding a lameness? Were the sellers sedating the horse so it would be better for the exam? We can also draw blood for a pregnancy test to see if mares are pregnant at at least 70 days of gestation. Are you as the buyer expecting the mare to be pregnant? Do you want two horses for the price of one? Can you afford for caring for two horses? I know some people who bought a horse and they came out to the field a few months after purchase and they miraculously had two horses. You can rectal palpate and ultrasound to confirm pregnancy in horses under 70 days, but generally I don't do this in a pre-purchase. Uh, lastly, we can do a fecal. Does the horse have a high egg count in the presence of the owner saying it has been recently dewormed? Does this mean the horse has resistant parasites? I have a sheet and the buyer circles the test they wish to complete for the pre-purchase. I take the samples and have a conversation with the potential buyers about my general impressions from the exam. Good horse for them, bad horse for them, what are their thoughts and questions with my initial findings? Will that one thing I found on the exam be a long-term problem? This is thing the buyer now has to decide if they're willing to risk. Here we run into a small problem with the buyer. Often the buyer takes this conversation as an official recommendation from the vet. And to me, it isn't. This is my shop talk. But we have to wait for everything. I want all the blood work back and all the information back and then my official recommendations are written down in a letter I send to the buyers. I want to put it all together and then make recommendations. Which I never say buy this horse. I say here are the pros and cons of this horse from my exam. Take that information and use it to make your decision. I look at the pre-purchase exam as a bargaining chip. Is this horse the horse for you? 
Does it meet the criteria you want in a horse? Is the horse too expensive? I really don't ever ask the price of a horse, but I do think a pre-purchase is a negotiating tool for the price of a horse. Do you, as the buyer, feel with the issues found on the pre-purchase that the horse is still worth purchasing at its current price? Maybe so, but maybe not. For example, the horse is a Cushing's positive horse and will require treatment through its life. So maybe the asking price for something you know you will be investing money in is too high. I've had sellers get mad at me for this. It's just what the buyer wants. When the buyer comes back to the seller with an informed statement like, I like the horse, but the problems we found in the pre-purchase make me feel that the horse is worth 10% less than what you are selling for because I, the buyer, will have to invest in fixing that problem, seems like a fair statement to me. I've had sellers tell me that price is not my business as the vet. And it's not. I don't care if the horse is a dollar or a million dollars. But this information is for the buyer, not the owner. So if the horse is worth a dollar but I find a problem and the buyer perceives that the horse is worth 90 cents, there is still potential for a sale where everyone walks away happy. I had an owner yell at me once for suggesting that to a buyer. I didn't understand. I was like, the buyer really wants the horse but is concerned about the one problem. The one problem making her want to stop the exam of the horse and cancel the sale. So it seems to me a price discussion of the horse could still make everyone happy. But apparently not this seller, who thought I ever stepped my bounds. Maybe I did, but I just told the buyer that instead of paying the asking price for a horse with a problem, they could put in a counter offer, which was a compromise the buyer took to heart. I have no idea what the price of that horse was, but the buyer didn't feel it was worth what was asked for it especially with the information they gained from the pre-purchase, even though they still wanted the horse. Some people would call a problem resulting in a financial conversation a fail of the pre-purchase. To me, it's information, and not necessarily bad for the seller. One buyer may want a lower price. The next may think it's a fair price. The seller can still sell to whomever they want. But with a pre-purchase, the buyer can make an informed decision. Maybe the buyer says, I'll get the horse if they come down on the price. Or they may say, I'm confident in buying this horse with the information from the pre-purchase at the price offered. Or, wow, I'm really getting a deal. I'm going to snatch this horse up before someone else gets it. As the vet, I'm just giving the tools. I want the buyer to have the tools and information to make a decision. So this is the pre-purchase exam. Use it. It should make nefarious sellers nervous and should give buyers the confidence to make a purchase of a horse. The decision is always with the buyer. And after I send my report to the owner with my official conversations in written form, I'm out of the equation. I do encourage buyers to wait for the official report. If you buy before the report, I can't help you with your decisions. If you misunderstood something in a verbal conversation, I'm going to default to my written statements. So wait and don't rush and don't let sellers rush you. If sellers rush you, that's a red flag to me. 
They want you to make a decision before you are ready because maybe they don't want something they have hidden to have time to become apparent. Buyers, remember, plan ahead for these things. Even though I don't want you to rush, I also don't want you to miss an opportunity. The seller can sell their horse while you are going through this process. It's not wrong of them to sell to whom they want. So plan ahead and talk with your seller and make sure they know that vets can't always get the official reports written for a few days and that blood work can take time to get results from laboratories. Pre-purchase exams are not done overnight. Also, please be aware of contracts with horses you buy. Do you have a grace period where if you and the horse don't gel in the first month, you can return the horse and get a portion of your money back? Some rescues require first dibs at getting the horse back if you ever decide to sell the horse. Is your purchase done with a handshake? Are you okay with the handshake not having firm legal standing in court? Contracts are for lawyers to explain, not me. But when purchasing a horse, be aware of them. And also be aware, when you purchase a horse, you can't call the horse's previous veterinarian and get the medical records unless the previous owner is okay with that. The medical records don't follow the horse. Before you purchase, use your regular veterinarian. Consult with them about the findings of the pre-purchase. Be prepared to pay them for this consult. I, as a veterinarian, am writing a report, and that report could help your veterinarian, the vet you trust, interpret information and give you advice on purchasing a horse just by reading a piece of paper. Get horses. I think they are great. I have been on horses since I was about three years old. They make your life better. But use tools like a pre-purchase exam to make sure you are getting the horse you want and need. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nathan. I hope this information was helpful to you and gives you a little more perspective on the world. If you want to reach out to us, email us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast and check out LickingValleyVet.com for information on blogs, videos, and the complete list of podcasts in our education section.